This is the Luke 10-2 podcast, a conversation about preaching, planting, and leading with Noah Oldham. Today I'm here with Jason Zelmer, the planting pastor of Redemption Road Church and the new director of church planting and development for the St. Louis Metro Association of Churches. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Noah. It's good to be here, man. Man, I, uh, I'm excited for this episode because I have known Jason for a long time. In fact, the beginning of my church planting journey really boils down to relationship with Jason. Uh, when I started as a church planting resident, it was with Jason and Matthias's lot in St. Charles, Missouri. So he was on the team there uh, planting that church. And so I got to work really close with Jason over the years. So this is a really cool opportunity uh, to have other people learn things that I've learned from you over the years. So let's get into the important stuff first, though. Jason, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, man, Noah, thanks for having me. Um, so my family, I've got a wife named Heather, mm-hmm. and uh, then we've got five kids. Um, Benjamin, who is 17, and then Olivia, who's 15. She's getting ready to turn 16 next week. And then Julia, she's 14. Uh, Isaac's 12. And then we have a little girl named Jada that we adopted when uh, she was about a year and a half old. And uh, so we've had her for almost four years now, and uh, she'll be turning five this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So a full house. And we just adopted a little dog named Diesel that's an English Mastiff because our lives weren't crazy enough, so we thought we'd get a really big dog. Oh my gosh, an English Mastiff. (laughs) Um, If people don't know you, and they don't know this, um, they do, they they do know this, um, and no one can see you because this is a podcast, but Jason Zelmer is like the Clark Kent of church planting. He looks like Clark Kent for real, and then he takes those glasses off and he's Superman. And before the show started, we were talking about his workout plan, and I can tell you he's becoming Superman in that gym, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement. (laughs) Oh man, you're a stud. Hey, tell us a little bit about your church. We planted uh, Redemption Road uh, going on two years. It'll be two years in April. Mm -hmm. And man, the Lord has just really blessed it. We we planted in a really difficult community. About 90% of the people there are not uh, a part of an evangelical Christian church. Um, High drug usage. Uh, It's in a more rural, kind of a bedroom community of St. Louis. And uh, in the last two years, we've just really seen God's grace upon our church. Really early on, we made a lot of strategic connections with leaders that were in the city that the mayor joined our church and he actually became one of our pastors, which is one of the wow. cool stories I love to tell. Um, but yeah, the chief of police, the director of the school board have all connected and that's just kind of created some really beautiful inroads into our community. We just celebrated our 30th baptism and Man. you know God's grace has, has really been upon us as we, as we planted. Man, it really has. I can't believe it's been two years already, but it makes sense because I've seen social media, I feel like week after week, season after season stories of people getting saved and getting baptized. And Jason, that's incredible because that's what I've known of you from the very beginning. You've, you've really fought to care about the right things, not just planting churches to have a better church or a cooler church or better music. It's discipleship, getting people into the life of the church, um, them growing to know, love, and follow Christ, and their life being transformed. So, man, thanks for your faithfulness in that. Jason, there's a lot to love about you as a leader, but what I love uh, most about you uh, is that your church planting journey didn't begin with Redemption Road. Like You've been in this for a long time. In fact, we've talked a number of times where you feel uh, a, sometimes a, a different call that's different than a lot of guys where it's just planting a church. 
But in many ways, you are almost like a Pauline serial planter, where you feel that God's called to build and start new things. I mean, you're a starter, um, not just in church planting, but even with the ranch. Like you love to start things and and run them, and then raise up leaders to to help lead them alongside you. If you would take us all the way back to the beginning of your journey and give us a quick sketch of your involvement in church planting. Yeah, well, that I love that term that you use. Usually, when I hear the word serial, I think like serial killer. killer. So, that's serial planter. I guess is more positive than serial killer. So, yeah, we would rather be in the in the in the the. The angle of starting things, birthing things, not the, ending things. The killing things, right. <laughs> uh, my church planting journey began when I was 24 years old. Uh, I was 24, and the guy that I was planting with, Mark Sigma, who we both know very well, was 25. And uh, we had no idea what we were doing, man. We were both youth pastors, just had a dream for the church to be something different. And so uh, we came together, and, and we began planting I was at Matthias Lot for four years and just had an incredible journey there, and we got to yeah. see God do some really cool stuff. In the midst of that, um, I was living in a, in a different town, yeah. and I began to see the lostness just around the town that I was living in. Mm-hmm. We got more connected and built relationships with our neighbors, and my wife and I just had a burden to, to plant again. Yeah. And so we planted a church called Piney Ridge Church mm-hmm. which with a, some friends of mine, and uh, we were there for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And kind of at the end of that season, we, we helped um, Piney get into a building and uh, just get a little bit more footing in the community. Yeah. And then we left from there and we, we planted Redemption Road. Mm-hmm. And now we've been at Redemption Road for um, really through the whole planting process and everything about three years. Yeah. So I guess about you know 15 years of, of yeah. church planting ministry is what we've been a part of. And Man. by the grace of God, we're still alive. My hair's not all gray, and yeah. you know <laughs> the, the spirits continue to sustain us. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and I feel like the Lord has sustained your family as well. You know, I, I recently we were at a Plant Midwest, an event that you, you lead, and a couple of your daughters were there. We'll, we'll not talk about whether or not they were skipping school, but uh, they were there. That may see, possibly be true. <laughs> okay. And, and they were sitting next to you, and I watched them as they worshiped. And your girls are um, a season ahead of my girls. Um, and I just, that day, I, I watched you worshiping next to your girls, and I asked the Lord, give me that. Let my mm-hmm. girls be teenagers five, six years from now, and let them be worshiping with me. And love the church and love the movement of the gospel. So you've set a you set a great path for us to walk on. That come come right behind you, man. Thanks, man. But having all this church planting experience from different contexts, different angles throughout the year, starting um, and, and passing off a couple of things. Um, share with us some of the trends that you've seen in church planting. Well, I think this is going to be very practical for our listeners. What have you seen? And then I want us to engage in what that means moving forward. Yeah. I, I know, you know, just in, I feel like in my time of ministry, 15 years is, is short compared to, you know, a guy like Annette Stetzer, who's a great missiologist and who could share all types of things. But, you know, I've thought about a few things that, that I've seen just in, you know, my short time of planting. I think one of the, the first thing is just moving from being issue-driven to being uh, mission-driven. Mm. Issue-driven to mission-driven. And what I mean by that, I, I think early on, when I know when I was starting my, my church planting journey, a lot of it was kind of rooted in a lot of the frustrations that I had with the church. Mm. And so I, I grew up in a more traditional Southern Baptist church, and the, the, the preaching was very topical. Uh, the, the leadership... You know, we had senior pastor, but then we had deacons, and the deacons more served like elders. Right. And there, there was just 
really a, a very weak sense of communal living mm-hmm. and, and people really living life together. It was just kind of like come to the Sunday thing and then go home. Yeah. So when we planted Matthias and when we planted Piney Ridge, I feel like we were planting out of a pretty deep sense of frustration that, mm. man, we want to see something greater than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. And, and and there's definitely a holy discontent, uh, discontentment there. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's also a just sense of, man, we, we want to be a part of something that, that we haven't been a part of before. Yeah. And you can almost begin to, to focus on those things so much that you fail to focus on mm-hmm. um, contextualization and mm-hmm. really the mission of reaching the community that you're in. And wow. so in the second church that I planted, I think that we experienced that. There was a time there where I began to look back over after being there five or six years. I remember that. And, you know, we, we had, we were expository preaching. We valued Reformed theology, weekly communion a lot of things that I still value today, mm-hmm. but we really emphasized those things. We really lifted those things up. And we attracted a lot of people that, you know, the church grew to 300 people and, you know, we had resources and all the things that you might look at on the outside and say, wow, their church has really been successful. Yeah. But, you know, 90% after six years, 90% of the people that were coming were coming from other churches. Mm-hmm. And we weren't really reaching the community that God has planted, had planted us in. Wow. So one of the things that I, I learned from that experience is, you know, we, we had planted the church of our dreams, mm. but we really hadn't planted the church of our city. Mm. Um, wow. We, we planted the church of our dreams, the, the church that we all wanted to be a part of, mm. but, but the, the church of our city was still left to be plant, planted because, wow. you know, we weren't reaching the community that God called us to. My goodness, as you're saying that, it's this challenge to our, our listeners, guys who are going to plant churches, it's don't just plant the church of your dreams, plant the church of Christ's dream for your city, and that is going to be a church that reaches them. Man, Jason, that's that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. We could stop now, but I know you've got more. Yeah. What else? What else? Yeah, uh, I, I think that this, the second thing, um, from being undersourced to overcommitted, um, when we first began our planting journey, man, there, you know, there, there was no sin network. Um the the training that we received was was really pretty limited, mm-hmm. and there there really was an assessment. I mean, assessment was like, hey, you know, meet this guy at Chick Fil A, and if he thinks you're a good guy, then he'll give you the green light, and then <laughs> you might get some money, you know. And, and yeah. basically, from there, it was like you're you're kind of on your own. Wow. So when we first started our church planting journey, I think that we were really under resourced. People didn't really know how to do this church planting thing. Yeah. And now, you know, to 2020, where we are today, there is an ample amount of resources. Sin Network has done a phenomenal job with assessing, training, coaching, um, providing care. You have other networks that are trying to do those things, too. You have Mm -hmm. Acts 29, you have Converge, you have Sojourn, uh, a lot of guys that are even in our own tribe. And so we, we moved from a season of just not having enough resources to now, I think, having an abundance of resources. Mm-hmm. There's phenomenal articles, books that have been written. Yep. But I, I fear that what that's also created is because there's an abundance, um, there's so many different things that you can be a part of, and there's mm-hmm. so many benefits that you want to receive that we've kind of moved from this point of being under-resourced to now being overcommitted, mm-hmm. where guys feel like... You know, they want to be a part of two or three different things, but then almost all their time is getting spent on being a part of meetings and 
conferences and whatever it is, and it can take away from really the mission that that God has called them to. Wow. And so it's it's a benefit in one hand, but then there's something that you have to balance in the other, and that's really um, saying yes to the right things and sometimes saying no to good things, but yeah. but possibly not the best things. That's good, man. Wow, that is wise. I, I noticed that. I you know I was when I came to church planning, I was a, I was a part of a denomination and a part of a network, and then as our denomination began to really under you know, grab and understand the idea of being a network and not just a denomination, it, it was like, oh man, can I do all of this and still do the work of ministry, still reach lost people, still shepherd the flock that God's given me? As the church grows, uh, we have less and less time to do that, and we've got to keep our hand on the plow. Man, that's good, good wisdom. What else? Yep. So third thing, I think that we've seen kind of a trend moving from as guys are planting, you know, there was kind of this philosophy uh, 15, 20 years ago where God's really wanted to plant big. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm going to raise $300,000. I'm going to raise $500,000, and we're going to have three t- three full-time employees. And we planted one of our churches like that, you know. And um, I think there's really been a shift from having these big budgets that, that guys are wanting to plant with to, mm-hmm. to being more about um, just hustle and guys who are, are planting maybe more bivocational. They're planting co-vocational mm-hmm. because... They've realized, you know, for one, um, fundraising is difficult. Man, it is. It, it's, it's extremely hard. And I, I think that moving more into a post, post-Christian type of culture in the community that we're planting in right now, with most people that we're reaching not having any type of church background experience, yeah. um, the challenges of giving. And so what I, I think that I begin to see is we've got more guys that are just saying, you know, um, even if I don't raise $100,000, I believe that God has called me to plant this church. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I'm going to try to raise money, but I'm going to begin preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to begin loving people, mm-hmm. and I'll work a job if yeah. I have to. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just watch and see what the Lord does and, and how He provides. Mm-hmm. And uh, even guys that I think are, are moving into more of a um, planting where they want to be full-time, most all those guys have some type of a side hustle that they do. In fact, I can't think of a guy that I know that's in the church planting world that doesn't have a side hustle yeah. because that's just the reality of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the challenges with funds. Yeah. But I, I do feel like there's been a shift, you know, early on from guys that just kind of had this big number in their head of what they were going to raise. Mm-hmm. And now just saying, you know, man, I'm just going to trust God. I'll work another job if I have to. And we're going to take the gospel forward, which is a good thing because yeah. I think the future of church planting is probably going to be more bivocational, you know, in the years ahead if we're really going to reach lost people. I love that. Yeah, I'll get calls a lot of times from guys that are exploring church planting, and I can tell in like three minutes if they're going to plant or not, because they'll say something like, uh, yeah, I'm uh, in between uh, ministry positions, and I'm just looking to see what the opportunities are there in St. Louis, and I'll kind of talk about what they're doing. And, and when they get to talking about what does funding look like, hmm. and when they their voice drops after they find out it's not a full-time gig at all, they're like, oh, okay. And I know they're not called. But then when I talk to a guy, even going through assessment, I'll say, what happens if you don't get the result that you want from this assessment? If they look at me and say, well, God's called me to plant this church, I'll figure out what I have to figure out. I'll get training. I'll get development. I'll do whatever I have to. Then I know God's called this guy. He's got something in his bones. And I want to help that guy do whatever it takes. And that's, that's, that's true. That's an amazing, amazing trend you're pointing out there. That's good. And the last one I just thought of is um, one of the things that we're beginning to see in our church right now, which I don't know that we saw it years ago, 
is there's a greater desire for people to be equipped. And, you know, years ago as we were planting churches and it's like, man, Sunday school, dude, we're not doing Sunday school. You know, that was that was an old thing. That was a traditional thing. (laughs) And now I'm beginning to see churches that are like, you know what, maybe we kind of missed it there. Maybe there needs to be more equipping ministry that's happening in the church. And so at the church that I pastor at now, we just recently started a, a Sunday morning class that happens during um, the first service because we have two services. Yeah. And uh, we haven't gone so far as to call it Sunday school yet, yeah. but it's school that happens on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, I think that what we're beginning to see is that, you know, there, there are definitely things that we've reacted to in the past. And the, the church, uh, I think of, you know, from 2000 and beyond, we've, we've done a, a better job of being more communal we're, we're talking a lot about sharing life and living life together and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. And yet at the same time, maybe the, the, the place that we missed it where a previous generation had it a little bit better is that, you know, we've become experts at hanging out, but we're not great at really mm-hmm. growing people in their faith wow. and, and helping them to deepen their roots mm-hmm. in the gospel. And yeah. so I think that Right now and even into the future, what we're going to see is um, planters that are really taking a greater effort. Yes, mm-hmm. let's live life together, but let's also try to find some ways, whether it happens on a Sunday or whether it happens in the evening, yeah. to really provide some additional equipping opportunities for people mm-hmm. that they can really begin to, to grow in their faith. Because a lot of s- small groups or whatever you want to call them are more facilitating a conversation. Yeah but they're really less about a deep dive into the Word of God. Wow. And I think that we're seeing that, you know, moving right. into the future. I laughed when you started saying that because we've walked through that as well. People start saying, well, you know, midweek would be really easy if I like can small groups, if we put all our kids at the building, and if we have them at the building, might as well teach them something. And so they start talking about what people have known as Awanas, you know, and things like that for years and years. And, and I, I laugh because some of those same people 10 years ago before they had kids would have scoffed at the idea of saying, let's have Awana. Right. But now they have kids and they're like, this is why churches did this. I think what that points out is that any church can begin something out of great intentions, like Sunday school, like Awanas. And if we're not careful, we're always moving towards the destruction of that. It, it right. gets mutated, just like small groups, gospel communities. Hey, we want to life on life and really applying the word to our lives, in our lives, in our living rooms. But what it can turn into, devolve into, is just hanging out. Absolutely. And uh, so that intentionality, man, that's good, Jay-Z. Hey, you are, you are a trainer of church planners. You've been one um, for at least how long ago now? At least 13 years. Yeah. Uh, when, when I started my journey uh, back in, this, in this, uh, this whole thing of church planning, you were training me. That looks very different now from what you're doing with Send Network training. You have a, a very planned and ordered set of training. Um, just real, real quickly, our last, our last thing I want to engage with. You've seen this for over a decade, what church planters need. Training. You mentioned it earlier in this podcast episode, just, hey, our training wasn't very robust in the past. What are a few things that, to prospective church planters, they need to make sure that they are trained in in order to prepare to plant a healthy gospel-centered church. So what do guys, guys really need to be trained in? Yeah. 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 Well, f- for one, I-, I think that guys that are, that are beginning to plant that, that don't really have a deep understanding of the gospel, and not just an understanding of the gospel, but the implication of the gospel as they move through times of suffering and difficulty, mm. uh, that's an essential piece of being prepared to plant because when you plant— 
you're going to experience difficulty. Mm -hmm. And if you're not grounded in the gospel, you're not going to be prepared for the difficulty that's going to come. So I think that that's the the first and the foremost. Mm -hmm. But other aspects of that, being able to develop leaders, I I think one of the the big reasons that a lot of church plants either burn out or they fail to multiply, which may be equally as bad, Mm -hmm. is because the, the planter hasn't really done a good job of learning how to empower and to develop other leaders mm-hmm. to do the work of ministry mm-hmm. and to, to really believe Scripture when it talks about each person that's a part of their body having a gift yeah. and giving them the opportunity to be able to use that gift. So when we train guys, we want to really help them um, to focus on how they're going to have a plan, how they're going to have a system yeah. for developing leaders, you know, small group leaders and future elders and deacons in their church so that the, the weight of ministry doesn't only fall on them, but they're going to be more prepared uh, to begin that multiplication process. Mm-hmm. Um, but vision is huge. Uh, a lot of guys just don't know how to cast vision, yeah. or they can you know, maybe talk about the future, but it's not very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fundraising is always a, is a huge piece, too. I think probably that that's one of the biggest things when guys come to a training and they're just saying, man, I... You know, I, there's some things I need to work on, but I'm, I'm terrified of fundraising. Mm-hmm. And so fundraising is one of those things that um, is, it's easier to teach than it is to actually do. Yeah. And a lot of guys that we've even taught how to do fundraising, the issue isn't so much knowledge. It's just the conviction to do it. To do it. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much. You are a leader of leaders, and I'm praying that God continue to expand your influence here in St. Louis and beyond. Uh, because God has has given you a trajectory that others can learn from. So thank you, brother, for your time. I pray that our listeners, they they really gain a lot from this. Thanks, Noah. Thanks for letting me be a part. Thanks for listening to the Luke 10-2 podcast. For more information about the SEND network in St. Louis, visit sendstl.com.